0: Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Percy Jackson and the Titan's Curse, Chapter 12. I, um, yeah, you tell me, go to podbean.com or download the app podbean and tell me, is this better? Is this better? This? Whatever you want. Um, yeah, tell me, because now I have a headset that I'm recording from, um, before I was recording from my phone. So now you should... Um, yeah, now you should have better audio quality listening to me. Without further ado, let's get right into the chapter. Chapter 12. I go snowboarding with the pig. We'd arrived at the outskirts of a little ski town nestled in the mountains. The sign said, Welcome to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. The air was cold and thin. The roofs of the cabins were heaped with snow and dirty mounds and dirty mounds of it were piled up on the sides of the streets. Tall pine trees loomed over the valley, casting pitch-black shadows through the morning, though the morning was sunny. Even without my lion skin coat, I was freezing by the time we got to Main Street. Even with my lion's skin coat, I was freezing by the time we got to Main Street, which was about half a mile from the train tracks. As we walked, I told Grover about my conversation with Apollo the night before. How he told me to seek out Nereus in San Francisco. Grover looked uneasy. That's good, I guess, but we've got to get there first. I try not to get too desperate about the chances. I didn't want to send Grover into a panic, but I I knew we had another huge deadline looming, aside from saving Artemis for the time of her count, For the time... For her council of the gods. In time for her council. I don't get it. The general had said Annabeth would only be kept alive until the winter solstice. That was Friday, only four days away. And he'd some- he said something about a sacrifice. I didn't like the sound of that. We stopped in the middle of the town. You could pretty much see everything from there. A school, a bunch of tourist stories and cafes, some ski cabins, and a grocery store. Great. Thalia said, looking around. No bus station, no taxis, no car rental, no way out. There's a coffee shop, Grover said. Yes, Zoe said. Coffee is good, and pastries, Grover said dreamily, in wax paper. Thalia sighed. Fine. How about you go get a, you two go get us some food. Percy, Bianca, and I will check out the grocery store. Maybe they can give us directions. You agreed to meet meet back in front of the grocery store in 15 minutes. Bianca looked a little uncomfortable with us, but she did. Coming with us, but she did. Inside the store, we found out a few valuable things about Cloudcroft. There wasn't enough snow for skiing. The grocery store sold rubber rats for a dollar each, and there was no easy way out of town unless you had your own car. You could call a taxi from Almancarado, the cleric said doubtfully, "That's it. That's down at the bottom of the mountains. But it'll take at least an hour to get here. cost several, hun, several hundred dollars." The clerk looked so lonely. I bought a rubber bat. Then we headed out back outside. I stood on the porch. Wonderful, Thalia grumped. "I. Right, I'm going to walk down the street to see if anybody, if any other, anybody in other shops has a s- suggestion." But the clerk said. I know, she told me. I'm checking anyway. I let her go. I knew how it felt to be restless, and Half-Bloods had attention-deficient problems because of our inborn battlefield reflexes. You couldn't stand just waiting around. Also, I had a feeling Thalia was still upset over our conversation last night about Luke. Bianca and I stood together awkwardly. I mean, I was never comfortable talking- taking- talking- one-on-one with girls anyway, but I'd never been alone with Bianca before. I wasn't sure what to say, especially now she was a hunter and everything. Nice rat, she she said at last. I sit on the porch railing. Maybe you would attract more business for the store. So, how do you like being a hunter so far, I asked. She pursed her lips. You're not still mad at me for joining, are you? Nah, as long as you, you know, are happy. I'm not sure happy is the right word right word, with Lady Artemis gone, but being a hunter is definitely cool. I feel calmer somehow. Everything seems to have slowed down around me. I guess that's the immortality. I stared at her, trying to to see the difference. She'd seem more confident than before, more at peace. She didn't hide her face under a green cap anymore. She kept her hair tied back, and she looked me right in the eyes when she spoke. With a shiver, I realized that five hundred- or a thousand years from now, Bianca D'Angelo would look the exactly same old as she did today. She might be having a conversation with this, like, with some other, with some other half-blood, long after I was dead. But Bianca would still look twelve years old. Nico, don't. Nico didn't understand my decision. Bianca murmured. She looked at me like she wanted the assurance it was okay. He'll be all right, I said. Camp Halfblood takes in a lot of. Young kids, they did that for Annabeth. Bianca nodded. I hope we find her, Annabeth, I mean. She's lucky to have you. A friend like you. Lot of good it did her. Don't blame yourself, Percy. You risked your life to save my brother and me. I mean, that was seriously brave. If I hadn't met you, I would have... I wouldn't have felt okay about leaving Nico at camp. I would have figured if there were people like you there, Nico... I figured if there were people like you there, Nico would be fine. You're a good guy. The compliment took me by surprise. Even though I knocked you out down in the cap and captured the flag, she laughed. Okay, except for that, you're a good guy. 200 meters away, Grover and Zoe came out of the coffee shop, loaded down with pastry bags and drinks. I kinda didn't want them to come back yet. It was weird, but I realized I liked talking to Bianca. She wasn't so bad. A lot easier to hang out than with than Zoe Nightshade, anyway. So what's the story with you and Nico? I asked her. Where did you go to school before Westover? She frowned. I think it was a boarding school in D.C. Seems like a long ago. You never lived with your parents. I mean, your mortal parent? We were told our parents were dead. There was a blank trust. There was a bank trust for us. A lot of money, I think. A lawyer would come by once in a while to check on us. Then Nico and I had to leave that school. Why? She knitted her eyebrows. We had to go somewhere. I remember it was important. We traveled a long way, and we stayed in this hotel for a few weeks, and then... I don't know. One day, a different lawyer came to get us out. He said it was time for us to leave. He drove us back east through D.C., then up up into Maine, and we started going to Westover. It was a strange story. Then, again, Bianca and Nico were half-bloods. Nothing would be normal for them. So you've been raising Nico pretty much all your life, I asked. Just the two of you? She nodded. That's why I wanted to join the Hunters so badly. I mean, I know it's selfish, but I wanted my own life and friends. I love Nico, don't get me wrong. I just needed to find out what it would be not to be a big sister 24 hours a day. I thought about last summer, the way I had felt when I realized... when I found out I had a cyclops for a baby brother. I could relate to what Bianca was saying. Zoe seems to trust you, I said. What were you guys talking about, anyway? Something dangerous about the quest? When? Yesterday morning on the pavilion, I said, before I could stop myself. Something about the general. Her face darkened. How did you- the invisibility half? Were you eavesdropping? No, I mean, not really, I just- I was saved from trying to explain when Zoe and Grover arrived with the drinks and pastries. Hot chocolate for Bianca and me. Coffee for them. I got a blueberry muffin, and it was so good I almost- I could almost ignore the outraged look Bianca was giving me. We should go to do the tracking spell, so he said. Grover, do you have any acorns left? Grover mumbled. He was chewing on a bran muffin, wrapper and all. I think so, I just need to- He froze. I was about to ask what was wrong when a warm breeze rustled past like a gust of springtime and got, got lost in the middle of the winter. Fresh air seasoned with wildflowers and sunshine and something else, almost like a voice trying to say something. A warning. Zoe, ga- Zoe gasped. Grover, thy cup! Grover dropped his coffee cup, which was decorated with pictures of birds. Suddenly, the birds peeled off the cup and flew away. A tiny flock of doves. My rubber rat squeaked. It scampered off the railing and into the trees. Real fur, real whiskers. Grover collapsed next to his coffee which steamed against the snow. We gathered round him and tried to wake him. He groaned, his eyes fluttering. Hey, Dolly said, running over from the street. I just what's wrong with Grover? I don't know, I said. He collapsed. Uh Grover groaned. Well get him up, Dolly said. She had she had her spear in her hand. She looked behind she looked behind her as if she were being followed. We have to get out of here. We made it to the edge of town before the two skeleton warriors appeared. They stepped from the trees on either side of the road. Instead of grey camouflage, they were now wearing blue Mexi- New Mexico State Police uniforms, but they had the same transparent grey skin and yellow eyes. They drew their handguns. I'll admit I used to think it would be kind of cool to learn how to shoot a gun, but I changed my mind as soon as the skeleton warrior pointed them. There isn't me. Dahlia tapped her bracelet. Aegeus spiraled to life on her arm, but the warriors didn't flinch. Their glowing yellow eyes bored right into me. I drew Riptide, though I wasn't sure what good it would do against those guns. Zoe and Bianca drew their bows, but Bianca was having trouble because Grover kept swooning and leaning against her. Back up, Thalia said. We started to, but then I heard a rustling of branches. Two more skeletons appeared on the road behind us. We were surrounded. I wonder where the- other skeletons were. I'd seen a dozen at, at the Smithsonian. Then, then one of the warriors raised his cell phone to his mouth and spoke into it. Except he wasn't speaking. He made a clattering, clicking sound, like dry teeth on bone. Suddenly, I understood what was going on. Skeletons had split up to look for us. These skeletons were now calling their brethren. Soon, we'd have a full party on our hands. It's near, Grover moaned. It's here," I said. "No," he insisted. "The gift, gift from the wild." I didn't know what he was talking about, but I was worried about his condition. He was in no shape to walk, much less fight. "We'll have to go one on one," I said. Four on them, four of us. Mabel will ignore Grover that way." "Agreed," Zoe said. "Wild," Grover moaned. Warm wind blew through the canyon, rustling rustling the trees, but I kept my eyes on the skeletons. I remembered the general gloating over Annabeth's fate. I remembered the way Luke had betrayed her, and I charged. The first skeleton fired. Time slowed down. I won't say I could see the bullet, but I could feel its path, the same way I felt water currents in the ocean. I defected it off the edge of my blade and kept charging. Skeleton drew a baton and sliced off his. Skeleton drew a baton and I sliced off his arms with. The the elbows at the elbows. Then I swung riptide through his waist and cut him in half. His bones unknitted and clattered to the tarmac in a heap. Almost immediately they began to move, reassembling themselves. The second skeleton clattered his teeth at me and tried to fire, but I knocked his gun onto the snow into the snow. I thought I was doing pretty well until the other two skeletons shot me in the back. Percy! Dahlia screamed. I landed face down in the street. Then I realized something. I wasn't dead. The impact of the bullets had been dull, like a push from behind. But they hadn't hurt me. The Namenian lion's fur. My coat was bulletproof. Dahlia th- charged the second skeleton. Zoe and Bianca started firing arrows at the third and fourth. Grover stood there and held his hands out to the trees, looking like he wanted to hug them. There was a crashing sound of the forest to our left, like a bulldozer. Maybe the skeleton's reinforcements were arriving. I got to my feet and and ducked a police baton. The skeleton I'd cut in half was already fully reformed, coming after me. There's no way to stop them. Zoe and Bianca fired at their heads point blank, but the arrows just whistled straight through their empty skulls. One lunged at Bianca, and I thought she was a goner, but she whipped out a hunting knife and jabbed the warrior in the chest. The whole skeleton erupted into flames, leaving a pile of ashes on a police badge. How did you do that? Zoe asked. I don't know, Bianca said nervously. Lucky shot? Well, do it again! Bianca tried, but the remaining three skeletons were wary of her now. They pressed us back, keeping us at baton's length. Plan? I said as we retreated. Nobody answered. The trees behind the skeletons were shivering, branches were cracking. A gift, Grover muttered, and then, with a mighty roar, the largest pig I'd ever seen came crashing into the road. It was a wild boar, ten meters high, with a snotty pink snout and tusks the size of canoes. Its back bristled with brown hair, and its eyes were wild and angry. It racked the three skeletons aside with its tusks. The force was so great, they went flying over the trees and into the side of the mountain, where they smashed into pieces, thigh bones and arm bones twirling everywhere. The pig turned on us. Dahlia raised her spear, but Grover yelled, Don't kill it! The boar grunted and pawed the ground, ready to charge. That's the... Erymethian boar! Zoe said, trying to stay calm. I don't think we can kill it. It's a gift, Grover said. A blessing from the wild, the boar said. Reet! Then swung its tusks. Zoe and Bianca dived out of the way. I had to push Grover so he didn't get it, so he wouldn't get launched into the mountain on, on the boar-tusk express. Yeah, I feel blessed, I said. Scatter! We ran in different directions, and for a moment the boar was confused. It wants to kill us, Thaya said. Of course, Grover said. It's wild. So how is that a blessing? Bianca asked. It seemed a fair question to me, but the pig was offended and charged her. She was faster than I'd realized. She rolled out of the way of its hooves and came up behind the beast. It slashed out with its tusks and pulverized the welcome to Cloudfort sign. I racked my brain trying to remember the myth of the boar. I was pretty sure Hercules had fought this thing once, but I couldn't remember how he'd beaten it. I had a vague memory of the boar plowing down several Greek cities before Hercules managed to subdue it. I hoped Cloudcroft would, had insured, was insured against giant wild boar attacks. Keep moving! Zoe yelled. She and Bianca ran in opposite directions. Grover danced around the boar, playing his pipes while the boar snorted and tried to gaug him. But Thalia and I won the prize for bad luck. When the boar turned on us, Thalia made the mistake of raging Aegeus in defense. The sight of Medusa made the head, head, Medusa's head and made the boar squeal in outrage. Maybe it looked too much like one of his relatives. The boar charged us. We only managed to keep ahead of it because we ran uphill and we could dodge in and out of trees while the boar had to plow through them on the other side of the hill i, an, I found an old stretch of train tracks half buried in the snow this way i grabbed thalia's arm and we ran along the rails with, while the boar roared behind us slipping and sliding as it navigated to to navigate as it tried to navigate the steep hillside its hooves were not made for this thank god's Ahead of us, I saw a cornered curve. Past that, an old trestle bridge spanning a gorg. I had a crazy idea. Follow me! Thalia slowed down. I didn't have time to ask why, but I pulled her along and she reluctantly followed. Behind us, a 10 ton pig tank was knocking down pine trees and crushing boulders under its hooves as it chased us. Thalia and I ran into the tunnel and came out on the other side. No! Thalia screamed. She turned as white as ice. We were at the edge of the bridge. Below, the the mountain dropped away into a snow-filled gorge about twenty meters below us. The boar was right behind us, I said. Come on, I said. It'll hold our weight, probably. I can't, Thalia yelled. Her eyes were wild with fear. The boar smashed into the cornered tunnel, tearing through at full speed. Now, I yelled at Thalia. She looked down and swallowed. I swear she was turning green. I didn't have time to process why. The boar was charging us through the tunnel, straight towards us. Plan B. I tackled Talia and sent us both sideways off the edge of the bridge, into the side of the mountain. We slid on Aegeus like a snowboard, over rocks and mud and snow, racing downhill. The boar was less fortunate. It couldn't turn that fast, so all tens of tons of monster, charged out onto the tiny trestle which buckled under its weight. The boar free-fell into the gorge with a mighty squeal and landed into a snowdrift with a huge poof. Thalia and I skidded to a stop. We were both breathing hard. I was cut up and bleeding. Thalia had pine needles in her hair. Next to us, the wild boar was squealing and struggling. All I could see was the bristly tip of its back. It was wedged completely in the snow like styrofoam packing. It didn't seem to be hurt, but it was but it wasn't going anywhere either. I looked at Thalia. You're afraid of heights. Now that we were safely down the mountain, her eyes had their usual angry look. Don't be stupid. That explains why you freaked out on Apollo's bus. Why I didn't want to talk about it? She took a deep breath, then she brushed the pine tree noodles out of her hair. If you tell anyone, I swear. No no, I said, That's cool. It's just Daughter of Zeus? Lord of the sky? Afraid of heights? She was about to knock me into the snow when above us, Grover called. Hello? Down here, I called. A few minutes later, Zoe, Bianca, and Grover joined us. We stood watching the wild boar struggle in the snow. A blessing of the wild, Grover said, though he now looked agitated. I agree, Zoe said. We must use it. Hold up. I said irritably she still looked like she uh, just lost a fight with a christmas tree explain to me why you're sure, so sure this pig's a blessing grover looked over distracted it's our ride west it's our ride west do you have any idea how fast this boar can travel fun i said like pig boys pig cowboys grover nodded we need to get aboard i wish I wish I had more time to look around, but it's gone now. What's gone? Grover didn't seem to hear me. He walked over to the boar and jumped onto its back. Already, the the boar was starting to make some headway through the drift. Once it's broken free, there is no stopping it. Grover took out his pipes. He started playing a snappy tune and tossed in an apple in front of the boar. The apple floated and spun right above the the boar's nose, and the boar went nuts, straining to get it. Automatic steering, Talia muttered. Great. She trudged over and jumped on behind Grover, which still left plenty of room for the rest of us. Zoe and Bianca walked towards the boar. Wait a second, I said. Do you know what Grover is talking about? This wild blessing? Zoe, wait a second, I said. Do you know what Grover is talking about? This wild blessing? Of course, Zoe said. Did you not feel it in the wind? It was so strong, I never thought I would sense that presence again. What presence? She stared at me like I was an idiot. The Lord of the Wild, of course, just for a moment. In the arrival of the boar, I felt the presence of Pan. And that was chapter 12. I hope you had a good time listening to me read this chapter, and that... My, um audio wasn't worse, it hopefully was better, and yeah, I sincerely hope, and that you couldn't hear me breathing too badly, because I did it a little try before, and then, like, I held my mic this close, and then I breathed, breathed, and then I listened, and it was terrible. (sighs) Yeah, that's terrible, I, I feel bad, why would I do that? Where's the book, Mar-